Hey, DJ Flook here from Stadium Scenes Main Event. Networking has become more important than ever, so why are you still carrying around paper business cards that end up lost or in the trash? Our friends at Link have created a solution to that problem by getting your contact info directly into that person's phone with a simple tap from your plastic business card, a bracelet, or even an Apple Watch band. When it's time to update your contact info, make the change in their easy-to-use networking app. For listeners of Stadium Scenes Made Event, you can save 15% by typing in promo code StadiumScene, that's all one word, at checkout. To learn more, visit linkapp.com. That's L I N Q A P P.com. Today's Stadium Scene Podcast is brought to you by. Hey guys, this is Jillian here at StadiumScene.com and StadiumScene.tv. We strive to help you find the best ways to get to and from the big game. Now we are joining forces with Lyft to make it even easier. For our listeners, enter the promo code StadiumScene with no space and get credit towards your first ride. So download the Lyft app at the iTunes or Google Play store, enter StadiumScene with no space as your promo code, and get to the ball game. Do the responsible thing and get home safely with Lyft. Terms and conditions may apply. See more at Lyft.com. Live from a makeshift recording studio, somewhere in the middle of the desert, this is the Stadium Scene Podcast. With your hosts, DJ Flug. I suck at trivia and I suck at telling jokes. Kate Thompson. The Jackman, which is just the most awesome name. And Jillian Fisher. No, that was just because I'm crazy as hell. <laughs> You're listening to the Stadium Scene Podcast. And welcome to the 16th Stadium Scene Podcast. Uh, we don't have any guests today, unfortunately, but that's okay, because we have Kate. Woo! And all the way from sunny, lovely Japan is Jillian. Konnichiwa. Woo! Konnichiwa. That's arigato. And arigato. That's... Sayonara. Adios. Uh, no. No, no, Ad- no. Ad- adios to Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> nice try that. You, you know, it's a different language. You're good. Well, it's funny, oh, though. Oh. Wait, when, whenever I travel, because I do speak Spanish, like, something about my brain just tries to, like, when I go somewhere where they don't speak English, or, like, English isn't the primary language, I find myself slipping to Spanish, just like, it's like my brain's like, oh, that's a different language. Just go to the other language that you know. It's a really bad, bad habit to be and, in. <laughs> and, and oddly enough, it feels like most of the world either knows English or Spanish. Mm. Yeah. English you're pretty safe with. Yeah. That's right. Thank, thank you, British colonies, for trying yeah. to take over three-fourths of the world. We appreciate it. <laughs> that way, I only had to learn one language, because if you went back and looked at my high school transcripts, which we're going to leave it at that, my Spanish was not my strongest class. So even if you took it in school, it's all about living there and learning it. Yeah, for the they record, all, they teach you how to conjugate verbs, and yeah. that's about. Oh, wow, that's a big word for you. Thank you. I, I thought you'd be <laughs> impressed with that. Actually, when my uh, I think the reason why my Spanish didn't go very well is I had a teacher who 
was kind of crazy and she would uh she would just sit up at the little podium and she'd sit on a chair and she'd start talking in spanish and then she'd go into why her life sucks and oh. then it would be back into spanish again it would just go back and forth and she like uh class a uh my life sucks uh no bn and <laughs> wow yeah, that's literally how the entire semester went. It was I, I found out later that she had not too far before had gone through a divorce and was taking it pretty hard. So you know, I, well you, you have to feel bad, but at the same time, you know, you're there to teach, which you know, unfortunately, that sucks. But it is what it is. Moral of the story is I can't wow. speak Spanish. I was gonna say back to sports. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So Jillian, you went to Japan. I did. I did. So what what was the uh, what was the highlight of the trip? There's probably many. Oh god, there's so many. It's such a different country in general. Um like a lot of times when we travel, I feel like a lot of people go to Europe or they go to South America. Uh or like they go to like like if they do go to Asia, it's like Southeast Asia like Thailand, very touristy. And uh Japan is not like that. It's very very different there. So you know, you have to be un- uh, comfortable being uncomfortable, as weird as that sounds. And, oh, gosh, what was my the highlight? Well, I did get a chance to challenge, uh, like, a retired sumo wrestler. So he was a pro sumo wrestler. That was pretty cool. Uh, just going to a storm- sumo tournament um, and just seeing how popular the sport really is there. Because I think part of me thought that sumo was more of, like, a a gimmicky type of thing that people really weren't actually into. It's just kind of like something that we think about. And like, we think about it is like almost like kind of like the way that they think of the WWE, which is not how it is at all. <laughs> it is totally not that. Um, uh, that, that's... So that was cool. And then um, I was just, it, just getting to explore Japan. Luckily uh, one of my friends that I lived with in Spain, she is from Tokyo is from Japan and lives in Tokyo. So just getting to go around with a local, I mean, that's the way, I mean, that's part of the beauty of sports in general, like why we travel a lot and use it as sports because it connects you with locals. Uh, but I was lucky. I already had a local there. It makes things a lot easier. Does your, yes. uh, does your friend have, uh, are they a, uh, how's how's their Japanese? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Oh, she's she is Japanese. She's oh. half Japanese, and uh, now I'm blanking on where her mom is from. Her mom's from I want to say Peru. Um, so she's like half Japanese, half Peruvian, I believe, or s- Ecuador. Her mom's from Ecuador. Um, so she's a very she, you know when she's out with us because uh, Jonathan, myself, and it was her her name is Lisa. When we she'd be out with us because she speaks completely fluent, perfect English. Cause she lived in the States from like the time until she was like eight or nine. And then, so in Japan, the oldest son has to take over the family business. So her dad is the oldest son. Um, so they had to move back and she had to learn Japanese when she was nine years old. So, uh, apparently she said like, she does have a little bit like of a different accent or like when she's in the office at work, they can notice it a little bit, but her Japanese is she's lives there. She's lived there since she was nine and she's 26 now. So, so going back, you, you went through really quickly on your, your summary and you mentioned <laughs> that you had uh, wrestled a sumo wrestler. I did. And, I did. I, and, did you <laughs> win? <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> many, many, actually, 
And you did the brilliant thing of posting the video. So I did. I did. It was it was just one of those once in a lifetime experiences. Um, that was in Tokyo. So sumo, the way it works is that I believe there's six tournaments throughout the year. And they're each 15 days long. And they have them in different parts. Yeah. They're so And the pros, because there's not, they're not all pros. So like, there's like a bunch of amateurs, um, a bunch of amateurs. But <laughs> there's a bunch of um, not, quote unquote, not professional. So they don't get paid at all. Um, and th- But that top tier, they only wrestle once a day. They only have one match per day. And then so and essentially it's whoever wins gets that point more or less. And at the end of the 15 days, whoever wins, who has the most points wins. It's a pretty straightforward at like when it comes to like scoring, what are the rules inside the ring? That's pretty straightforward. But what I learned is their life outside of the ring is very, very regimented. And um, sumo is very, very closely linked to their culture in a way that's different than it is in any other country. It started out as like a, so the religion there is Shinto. And it started out as part of like a Shinto ritual in that they believed that they, they had to sumo wrestle for the survival of the Japanese culture and the Japanese people. And the, the part of sumo wrestling was a religious experience. So that's how it started. And it, up until I believe like the 18, somewhere in 1800s, they, it, it became a little different and they have like a sumo wrestling association and it's a sport. But a lot of those links and those ties to religion and Japanese culture and the significance in Japanese culture are definitely still there. So, like, when you see them out, like, you can always tell a sumo wrestler out in public. And part (laughs) of it is because they are very, very tall. Um, And and physically big. Physically different, yes, which is, like, you won't see that a lot in Japan. But they will be wearing a kimono. So because they are considered, like, they, they have to represent the Japanese culture. They are held in a different prestige um, like there, there was a big controversy actually when I was over there, one of like the Yokozuna, which is the grand champions. And, um, there's only a couple of them and it's like a really high status that most of them don't get to, but he actually, because they live together in stables. Like when you become a sumo wrestler, you go and you're in a stable and there's stables all around Japan. And the, once you go and you have your stable, you're living there, you're it's like that's your entire life. You cook all your food there and everything. And there's about 15 sumo wrestlers per stable. And apparently one of the nights, the the, the head honcho guy, he apparently attacked one of the amateur, like one of the young guys Oops. Uh, with, a beer, with a beer bottle. Oh, nice. The, allegedly. But he had to like <laughs> withdraw from the tournament. So he wasn't, he wasn't wrestling in the tournament that I was at. And this was the last tournament of the year. Um, and it was a big thing because the, you know, these sumo wrestlers, especially the higher up you get in status with your, the wrestling ability, the more you represent and the more you are expected to be like representing Japanese culture and people look to them to be, you know, of a certain way. So it was, it was very fascinating just to see how, you know, we talk about sport and culture and how sport is linked to culture. And I don't think I've ever seen one quite like this. Now, for us who are ignorant in the ways of sumo tournaments, which I would guess is pretty much everybody listening to this episode. <laughs> and in this episode. And yeah. in this episode. You know, I'm, I'm listening too. For, yeah. Um, so how do they break down? Do they have like weight classes or is it like a no, skills thing? No. Or? It is. So the one thing I did learn is that you will never wrestle somebody within your stable. So 
uh, you know, get into a good stable and you never have to wrestle the good guys in your stable. But there are three different quote unquote classes. It's kind of like amateur, junior and pros. And the juniors are also considered pros uh, in that. Um, is it a Mawashi, right? A Mawashi. The, the thing that we always assume, um, yeah, Mawashi, the thing that we see sumo wrestlers wearing, like the weird crotch thing. Um, <laughs> like there's no other way to say that. Um, the, uh, yes, everyone, er, everyone knows it is that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's what it is. Uh, so like the amateurs, you'll be able to tell they're amateurs because they can only wear a gray canvas one. And then once they get to that next level, uh, like the intermediate, more or less, they are allowed to wear a silk one of a certain color, and then the the top tier, the you know the head honchos. There's like, oh gosh, there was like twenty of them maybe total. Um, they so they'll only wrestle each other. The intermediates will only wrestle each other, and the top like the the amateurs will only wrestle each other. So you could be wrestling somebody. You could be two hundred pounds and wrestling somebody that's three hundred and fifty pounds. That, so you have to find there's all these different tactics of like because the rule is essentially you all you're trying to do is push the other person either outside of the ring or like have them fall to like you you want them to touch the ground more or less touch the ground or step outside of the ring so inside of the circle in the ring you all you're allowed to have touching the ground are your feet so there's lots of different ways and there's very very few rules on what you can't do like you can't poke somebody's eyes you can't pull their hair uh, I think you can't hit them in their private area. Uh, um, but it's like a lot of like belt pulling, different types of pushing. They have, uh, I have like all the Japanese words for them, but there's lots of ways to do it. And so you have to know who your competitor is and know what is the their popular knockout method and um, and how can you best go up against them. So you will see some some tinier guys taking out, you know, 350 pound, six foot two guys. So it's pretty impressive. I do have to say we should take a moment and appreciate the fact that they live in stables. Yes, they said it's, it's so um, it's pretty much oh. <laughs> <laughs> that it's that intense though. So the the tour that I did in Tokyo was with there was two retired sumo wrestlers and they had an English translator. So you were able to ask them questions. And he said it was tough um, living in there. It's like, he said it was like an animal house, more or less. Like a horse stable? Um, I don't think it's exactly like a horse stable, but they do live. <laughs> it's but like no, the, like, the baby would... Jesus. They all sleep in mangers. And... Oh, <laughs> I, okay. I do. No, but I do believe that they all kind of sleep in one room. Like they, and like they, in traditional Japanese culture, they tend to sleep on the floor. So it's more of like on the tatamis and things like that. Uh, so it, it would be more it would be more of what we are imagining of a stable. But um, like so, essentially, they all sleep together. They um, they all eat together. Like the young the amateurs have to cook and they get last pick. Uh, and then they they train. They train a lot. Uh, I think the most interesting thing I learned was um, like when you know when you see a sumo wrestler and they do like the stomping, like where they like step to their one foot and then they step the other foot down. When they're training, they do that 500 times a day. Wow. Yes. So the life of a sumo wrestler, like we think like it, it is very indulgent. Like there are these, you know, big men who are, you know, these big bellies and are overweight. It's a very, very strict and regimented life. Um, they actually, they wake up first thing in the morning. They go right to training. They don't eat beforehand. And the big dish that they'll eat to put on their weight is called chunko nabe. It's a big stew. And they eat a lot of rice as well. 
So, hmm. so I hate to interrupt the broadcast, but I actually have some breaking news. So Uh-oh. we got some breaking news. Aaron Boone has been named the manager of the New York Yankees. Would that just happened? Yes, that literally just happened like moments ago. What? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. You fired I Joe Girardi. Like Aaron Boone, his you know his his dad was a famous player. His brother was a famous player who, according to Jose Canseco, allegedly used steroids. And he had like one shining moment hitting a walk-off home run in I think it was 2003 to take the Yankees to the World Series and they lost. But the guy's been an announcer at ESPN for the last several years since he retired. So I don't he's going right into management and I don't think he's ever even coached. Yeah, what? So, yeah, anyway, Aaron Boone, New York Yankees manager. We'll see how well that goes. Anyway. Well, that's some that's some news. I'm glad I'm not a Yankees fan right now. Yeah, not that I have much room to talk with Phillies. But <laughs> team of the future. You know. Yes, they are two years away from being two years away. <laughs> two years away from being maybe a 500 team. Maybe. 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 But uh, that's, uh, that's some interesting news, that's for sure. So to, uh, before we move on, you also went to a soccer game in Japan. I did. I did. Um, how how is that different than? Well, I don't know if you've been to a game in Europe, but well, have you been to a game in Europe? I have. I've been to the two that I went to. I went to a Barcelona game in Spain and a Real Madrid game of course, in Spain. That's, you know, so, so how, yeah. <laughs> how how is soccer in Japan compared to Barcelona, Real Madrid, Spain, Europe? I Europe? mean, it's obviously very different. Um, it's probably not as big culturally as it is in Spain or Europe in general. Um, I would say it's maybe I, it probably is a little bit bigger in Japanese culture than you would say in American culture. Um, the The idea of fandom is just very different in Japan in general. They are all about the community, all about not sticking out. They're the complete opposite of America when it comes to like individualism and stuff like that. So the supporters culture works really well there because it's like singing in unison. Like they handed out song sheets for you and the the entire pretty much bottom right behind the goal, like the bottom half behind the goal on the lower and upper levels is all general admission. Um, so it's first come, first serve. And it's, I mean, it's definitely not as intense as you would see in, in Europe, of course, but the fans, there was about 40,000 that were there and it was cold and rainy. It was a cold and rainy day. So that says something right there. I think how many people were there. The one downside is their stadiums seem to be a lot of multi-use stadiums and they were from when they had the world cup in Korea and Japan. So they're huge and you know, fitting 70,000 people inside of a stadium, that's tough to do. I mean, they do it in Europe for a lot of these teams, but it, unless soccer is really your only sport, and that's really baseball there. Baseball is their big, big, big sport. Yes, and, yes, but soccer is, a, is pretty, pretty close behind, honestly. But so we were there, there was almost 40,000 people. I think it was like 34, 35,000 people. But when you have that in a stadium of 70,000, of 70,000 capacity, it looks half empty. Um, 
So there, that is a problem, I think. But it didn't take away, because well, we were sitting with the supporters, so it didn't take away from our experience. Uh, luckily, my friend Lisa was there that had the song sheet, and she was trying to help translate the songs. <laughs> the most fascinating thing to me, though, was that they were singing songs in Spanish. They were like, Vamos, vamos, F, F Marinos. Like, it was just, why are you singing in Spanish? I was so See? confused. See? That's right. If you know English <laughs> or you know Spanish, you're probably in pretty good shape. <laughs> well, and the best part is that Lisa and I met living in Spain so we speak Spanish and we kept looking like I think they're saying vamos and so she was reading the sheet because they give you the songs and they're all in Japanese and but yet they were singing uh, them in Spanish well so she was like yeah that's definitely saying vamos vamos so and like there was one that was like dale like let's go like go go uh, or like you hear pitbull, pitbull yes. say all the time like dale so I wasn't, um, I wasn't going to say it but you did yeah yes yeah, so uh, that was interesting. And I think another interesting thing is like the stadium food there. Um, you know, I, I had Jonathan go get me some stadium food and he came back and Lisa was like, do you really want that? And I was like, why? And she's like, that's an octopus. And I was like, okay. Oh, no, 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 no. You eat it. And then you ask what, what did I yeah. eat? Now, what am I about to eat? Yeah. So, uh, it's it's definitely like soccer is definitely big there. Um, it's it's not as big as Europe, but it's probably a little bit bigger than it is in the United States. Which is kind of crazy uh, but I would recommend that if you were to go to Japan, it's baseball or sumo would be my top top two if you can get there. I had to fly. I, sumo was super important for me, so I flew down to where this tournament was in Fukuoka, which is not a tourist destination at all. Like there was literally sumo wrestling there to do, and then. Uh, ramen is really big there but um if you can there are tournaments in tokyo and um i don't know, I don't know how many they hold there a year but you know just if you look when you are thinking if you ever are thinking of going to japan it's definitely i mean the language barrier is not a problem there is enough english spoken every most menus they have an english version if they don't we just decided to wing it but like you can get like mcdonald's and like if you need a break from japanese food so um, it's, it's a really beautiful country, really nice people and delicious food. So I have one question for you. Yeah. How old is the average sumo wrestler? Do you know? Um, he did say that they stop, I think it's like in their mid to late thirties. That's when they're like pushing oh, retirement. No, age. Yeah. yeah. Like, same as basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kate, that was a fantastic segue. You should know how proud I am of myself right yes, now. Because I was like, you go, girl, you go. That, that was fantastic <laughs> because Kate is going to lead into probably one of the wackiest stories I've read in the last month or so. If you've been paying attention to the news at all, it's come out that I don't even know how to say his name. Minute Bull. Yeah, that guy was older than everyone thought because they made up his birthday. So, DJ, what are your feelings on this matter? So, Manute Bull came from Sudan um, in the mid-1980s, and he was actually discovered by a former college coach, Kevin Mackey, at Cleveland State University. And he went to recruit some talent, and he found a seven foot seven giant, and says, "I have to bring this guy over to play for me." And he goes, "How old are you?" And the and Manute Bull's response is, "I don't know," and I have to get the quote right. 
So the they brought Manute Bolin and they said his birthday was October 16, 1962. But he didn't know that because he was asked, how old are you? And he said, I don't know. And he said, well, why don't you know? And he goes, well, the white man lost my birth certificate in the jungle. Was the quote. <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. So anyway, they... The coach who recruited him, he never actually played at Cleveland State due to his problems with speaking and writing English. So he ended up going somewhere else and eventually working his way into the NBA and playing for 10 years. But they suspect that he was actually not 19 years old and actually maybe closer to 30 at the time. Um, you know, he finished his career in his mid, allegedly in his mid-late 30s. Allegedly. But in reality, he could have been close to 50 when he retired in the NBA. And according to official record, I think like the oldest guy who ever played in the NBA was like in the 1950s or 40s, you know, a long time ago. And the guy was like in his late 40s, like 46 or 47, which you know never, never would happen today. Um, here's a quote from his former teammate, Jason Williams, as in the Jason Williams who shot and killed a limo driver and was arrested and sent to jail for a while. Why are we quoting? Because he was his teammate, and this is the quote. He said, he used to say he was 35 years old, but I used to be on the bench looking at all the circles and scars around his head, and I asked him one day, hey, Manu, what are those scars on your head? And he said, back to the original quote, well, the white man lost my birth certificate in the jungle, so every five years I take a rock and slice one across my head. I was like, all right. And then I started looking at him the next game, and I said, holy shit, Manu Bull is 55 years old. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Can you imagine the... though, being that old in the NBA and like not being able to be like, yo, I'm 55 in the NBA. Cut me some slack. And the thing is, like, you know, he's 7'7", seven, seven, so being that tall, you're not exactly going to be the most gracious person on the court, you know, graceful person on the court moving up and down. I'm graceful at 5'11", yeah. or 9, however tall I well, am today. Well, well, and you're really not going to at 7'7", seven, seven, and if you're 7'7 seven, seven and 55 years old, uh, yeah, well, anyway, we'll never know. Manute Bull passed away a few years ago, but his son, whose name is Bull Bull, had signed a letter of intent to go to the University of Oregon, so you know, college basketball fans look forward to him next year playing for the University of Oregon. Um, believe he is somewhere around seven one or seven two. Yeah, seven two. So wow, he is very tall. Yes. So, so the next generation of bulls will be in college basketball next year. So that'll be exciting. But could you imagine being that old and playing in the NBA? I just I can't even fathom. You have kids who are so young, just like lighten you up and you just you want to be like I'm so much older my knees hurt so bad and you are so much younger than me I'm 32 and my knees hurt so bad when I get to 55 I don't <laughs> I don't I don't want to know I, I just that's 20 plus years from now I'm not thinking about it oh yeah <laughs> so speaking of age Kate recently celebrated a birthday we're going off on a tangent so happy birthday Kate so you are what you're 21 now Ha, funny. <laughs> 29. 29. The last year before everything goes downhill. Okay, DJ. <laughs> no. Back when we worked in the same building, 
do you remember when you put the big sign on my computer saying happy 18th birthday? Yes, because the reason I put a happy 18th birthday is because one of our coworkers thought you really were turning 18 and you were a college intern. <laughs> when in reality, what were you, 25, 26, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it been was a, it's, funny. It's been a running joke for several years now. Anyway. Cheers, I'll be able to drink. <laughs> no comment. No comment. So, you know what time it is? Trivia. Trivia. Woo! It's time once again for everyone's favorite segment, Kate Stadium Scene Podcast Trivia. Kate, you've got your evil trivia for the day. Uh-oh. Will DJ and Jillian be able to answer her questions? Yeah. yeah. Or will it just end up in embarrassment and humiliation? <laughs> the internet. She, she has the evil laugh down. She might. She did an evil laugh on us. Before we start, I totally thought DJ was going to mention the hoodie. No, there I you got. I, I did. I forgot about I that. Yeah, he got me a nice Manchester United hoodie. Yes, because if, Aww, you, if you hadn't heard... Oh, that hoodie. On yes, the, that on, one. On the last episode, she declared her fandom for Manchester United after us pressuring her for months to pick a team. And Well, our, at least she picked one. Yes, and our, our friends at the, you know, specifically Kevin from the Lads podcast is like, oh, okay, pick the most successful team in Premier history. That's a good, that's a stretch. So I picked them due to their association with the Spice Girls. I mean, that's a totally valid reason. And if anybody tells you it's not, they're wrong. That, that, <laughs> okay. That, yeah. was, that was not the reason I was expecting. So anyway, trivia time. Yep. So we're changing topics completely and talking about the one sport we haven't talked about today. Hockey. Yeah. Hey. So question number one. Wait, wait, what's our buzzing word? Just your name today. My name. Yeah. Okay, fine. Wait, hold on. No, I want something different. (laughs) I don't want it to be puck because that sounds too closely to another word I use often. Um, (laughs) We're trying to keep this a family show, even though I've already said shit today. um, Let's make it Austin Matthews because he's he's an American hero in hockey. See, I was, when you said say your name, when I ring in, I was going to say my name. Just to be <laughs> so, that's awesome. That's been ruined. All right, Austin Matthews, it is. Okay. Between 1995 and 1997, the center Eric Lindros, left winger John Leclerc, and right winger Michael Renberg had a nickname for their forward Austin line. Austin Matthews. Yes. Legion of Doom. Yep. Yeah, if I didn't get that, See, that's, I'm, that's, I need to go not call even in a hole. Fair. That's a homework I, I, question. Like, not only is hockey my sport, but the Flyers are my team. If my team, gonna, if I got that wrong, I have to go. I have to leave. I, I have was to quit. Say the concussion to... trio that might have been. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking oh. of Eric Lindros, didn't the Flyers put his uh, hang his uh, name up in their Ring of Honor? They did. They retired his number. Did he really deserve that? I feel like he was injured more than he played. Uh, I mean, he was really well-respected here. He I, was the Legion of Doom. 
I mean, personally, I didn't think so um, because I loved Rod Brindamore, and apparently he cheated on oh. Rod Brindamore. Like, he cheated on his significant other with Rod Brindamore's wife. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was apparently, that was, like, one of the rumors, I believe. Um, Rod Brindamore. And yeah. Brindamore has got to be, like, one of the greatest last names I've ever seen. And, like, as, oh, as yeah. a kid, I remember getting his hockey card. I'm like... Brind Amar? How do you say this? Yeah. <laughs> Question. Yeah, he's awesome. Number two. Number two. I have lived in a variety of different sized apartments throughout my life. DJ has seen two of them when I conned him into supposedly helping me move. He did more sitting than anything. That's a lie. However, every NHL rink is the same size. What are the dimensions? Oh, oh, oh Lord, I don't know this. I do not know this. I should. No idea. I could Google it and tell you I'm not Googling it, yeah, but I would be we're Googling not cheating it. here today. Yeah. Okay, so the answer is Wait. 85... Eh, whatever, it's too late. I wouldn't have gotten yeah. that anyway. 85 feet wide and 200 feet long. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. I wouldn't have gotten that either. Random, I know. So, number three. Hopefully you guys get this one right. It's kind of an easy one. No, 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 no. Oh, boy. Not. No, it's not. This that means year, it's hard and we're not going to know it. This year, a catfish was thrown onto the ice oh. during the finals. However, this is not the first time sea life was thrown onto the ice rink. Austin Matthews. Ah, yes. Octopus. Wait, 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 can we wait? I was going to say, what's the full question? No, I want to hear his answer before I finish. Octopus. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hello. I said octopus. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought. Well, you never know. Sometimes she throws a little, t- like a curveball in there. She started saying the first couple words of the final question. I'm like, oh, I got to take a chance here. That she's not yeah, going to pull a fast Detroit. one on us. I, 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 can I get a bonus? It's it happens in Detroit. Yep. <laughs> and I met the guy that that would go and return them from the ice. He would go and grab them. It's pretty. Wait, gross. does he return them to the people who threw them? No, he just like I shouldn't have said return. That's the wrong word. He um, brings them. them to the octopus graveyard. No, he essentially is in charge of like recovering them from the ice because like when they get thrown on the ice, they get really like their guts and slime get on the ice. So he has to clean that spot up. And so Ew. what he does is like he. He'll, so, like, one will be on the ice, and he'll go and, like, twirl it over his head. And that's what he became known for, is, like, the twirling the octopus over his head. Is there any truth to the, the urban... Else? What? Doesn't it cause the guts to get everywhere? Pretty twirling. much. And, like, there was a whole, like, thing about it, like, where the NHL tried to say they couldn't do it. And now he's only allowed to do it, like, in this one little spot. I don't know if at the, the new arena he'll be allowed to do it, if they I, were in all honesty. They down on it from what I saw. But is there any truth? Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah. Is, is there any truth to the urban legend that the octopus would be disposed in the bottom of the Detroit River? Or is that just an urban legend? Not that I know of. Um, I mean, they're... I, I have no idea, though. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I mean, I've never heard that before, so. Okay. But why don't we go to question four? Yeah, it's one oh, to one. more questions. Yay. This week at my day job, I learned all about different um, rubber molding methods. What method is used to make the puck? Austin Matthews. 
Yes. Oh, I hope I'm using this term right. It's vulcanizing. Yep. Yeah! <laughs> oh, you got it. That's awesome. I would not have guessed that one. I can't believe it came up at work, so. Yeah. Vulcanized rubber. <laughs> Remember when Fox used to put the the glow puck? Yeah. Are you, are you too young yeah. for that? No, I do. It was a brief moment in my life. There was actually an article on how they made the glow puck work, and it was actually quite fascinating if you're, like, into that technical junk, so... Check I mean, out. I personally don't hate that I didn't hate the glow puck. I would have liked more technology in it. Like, I think that I think you could do so much more with the technology that we have to capture stats and things like that. Um, and also, it infuriates me that they don't have a chip in there that tells you when the puck goes over the line. And so they have to rely on crappy review technology that half the time you can't see because the goalie's pad is covering it. So you don't know if it went over the line or not. I'm cool. like, we have technology. This should be very simple. Goal but whatever. Line technology. I what was that? Goal line technology. They've done it. In yeah, soccer. like it's not that hard. Yeah. Then again, behind the goal, it's out of play in soccer. So a little, little bit different there. But still, shouldn't be that hard. Okay. Well, number five. Two to one. How many questions are there today? Just five. Just five. Ooh, so playing for the draw or me the win. So occasionally teams will pull their goalie to have an extra skater on the ice. What team is credited with doing it first? Oh, oh, that's, I don't know. Hmm. Can we ask if this is an original six team or not? That was my first thought. You know, I don't she know. She doesn't know. Of... <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. The rule of thumb um, is don't ask her any record, research questions was... beyond just the answer. <laughs> I was still finishing composing this question when we started. Um, I'll go with Austin Matthews. And I'll say the Montreal Canadiens. That's my guess. Nope. Oh. Uh, All right. Then I all right, will, take, take another I, guess. I will Austin Matthews and say it was the Toronto Maple Leafs. Still wrong. No. Uh, okay, great. Can you tell us? Wait, hold on. No, I want to guess this. Can you tell us if it's a team in the Northeast or the West or the South? Northeast. Boston Bruins? Nope. The New York Rangers. Damn, I get yes. Okay. Damn. And if you listen carefully, I already said it. Wait, what? Really? Yep. What? Uh, what did you say? We both completely missed it then. Perfect. That was oh awesome. Oh my god, I totally missed that. I had no idea. DJ, when you go back and listen to this, can like and you're like about to publish it, can you just let me know if she actually does say the answer? Yes, I will do that because I still don't believe her. Why would I lie? I don't necessarily think you're lying. I think you just don't know that. <laughs> Uh, I just knew that my mouth was moving. It's Friday night. I haven't had my first beer, and Aaron Boone is allegedly the manager of the New York Yankees. He's gonna go cry. <laughs> I don't care. That's I'm I'm more amused than anything. So I guess we'll go ahead and, and wrap up the show for today. Uh, a lot of good stuff going on on StadiumScene.tv lately. Uh, we picked up all sorts of partners in the last month. Um, so be sure to head out there, check out their podcasts, their videos, their blog posts. We've got, uh, I think we're up to like 10 partners now or something like that. We're going to be start bringing them on more and more uh, over the next 
probably a couple months as uh, schedules allow to interview them. But, you know, we have everything from hockey or not hockey. No, yeah, hockey is the one thing we're missing. So if you have a hockey blog or podcast and want to be featured on stadiumscene.tv, get hold of us. Uh, drunk hockey. Please. And drunk hockey. Well, we do have drunk hockey, which... Not new, quite the same. No, not, not quite, quite the same. same. But there is a new episode today. There is, and it's me talking to me being drunk and talking to drunk Japanese people about NHL logos. It was awesome. I saw the uh, the preview on your on your uh, Instagram, but I have not seen yeah. the full video yet. It's good. It's solid. So awesome. I mean, but I might be biased. So well, you know what? <laughs> if, if you think your work is good, that's half the battle right there. Because most of the time, the I'll do something, and I'm like, man, this sucks. And then people are like, no, that's actually really good. I'm like, really? You think so? So if you think it's, like, it's well, good, it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> or you have an inflated sense of self, self-worth. Well, I, I mean, that's not bad either. <laughs> Kate, do you have anything to add before we go for the day? I'm awesome. There you go. I'm, I've got no comment. So stadiumscene.com, stadiumscene.tv, stadium scene at Stadium Scene on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Stadium underscore Scene on Instagram. And we will see you next time. listening to today's stadium scene podcast visit us at stadiumscene.com and stadiumscene.tv be sure to subscribe to our podcast on itunes or google play store